What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Bama Beat Podcast, where we discuss Wickles, Pickles, and home field apparel as often as the Alabama baseball team hits homers, which is apparently a little more than twice per day. I'm Brett Hudson, and I'm joined by the beginner of the home field and Wickles Instagram influencer trend, Hunter Johnson. Hunter, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. A, a great weekend at the Joe. A great weekend all around for Alabama athletics, but a great weekend for Alabama baseball. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, as we're recording – we're recording this early Monday afternoon, not long after the basketball team just got up to number six in the AP poll, not to step on the toes of the ever popular Hunter and Cecil basketball podcast, but it's a good time to, to be around Alabama athletics. It's also a good time to familiarize yourself with the products of Wickles Pickles. That's right, Brett. Wickles Pickles are wickedly delicious pickles, relishes, okra, and much more. Wickles are proud to be Alabama owned and made using a family recipe 90 years in the making. From Saturday sandwiches to Christmas dinner, their secret recipe used to be reserved for family of friends who were lucky enough to get a jar. But since 1998, they've been bringing the sweet heat and bold and tangy recipes into your home. Learn more about them at wicklespickles.com and find them in your local store in the pickle aisle. Let's get wicked. So we have a lot to discuss. Alabama swept McNeese in its opening weekend of the baseball season and upcoming is a five-game week because Bama has two midweeks this week before a weekend series at home against Wright State. We'll get to all of that after the weekly pop quiz. Hunter, since Andy Phillips did everything in the 1999 season, he also hit for the cycle. But he was not the only one. Who else hit for the cycle in 1999? Hmm. I'm going to say Brent Boyd. Uh, a good guess, but but not the correct answer. I'll, I'll give you two more guesses since it's kind of a, a different kind of trick. The key, what I'm having to think of is who could get, who could get a triple. Exactly. Jeremy Brown was not getting a triple. Right. Didn't have the wheels for that. Um, a great hitter, but was not going to get a triple. I'm a little flummoxed on this one. I'll, the next guess will be G.W. Keller. Incorrect. Yeah, I figured that was too obvious. He was an answer to a quiz question recently. Right. Um. Wow, am I going to get you on this one? Dude, I think you might. Oh. Uh, I'm going through that lineup and, like, who played where, like, who was in left, who was in center. Um. Yeah, you got me. I don't know. It was Darren Wood. Darren Wood, yeah. On March 9th against Southern Miss. Hit for the okay. cycle. In, in 1999, man, I, I really did not think I, so I before the season began, I, I compiled a list of probably seven or so quiz questions. And I, I really didn't think any of them would, would get you. I thought I would have to dig back into the, the record book and find something even more obscure. But man, my look, dude, my 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 uh, my goal for the season is done. I can I can kick my feet up for for the rest of these yep. three games. I'm I'm good to go, man. I have, I have I'm a little disappointed in myself. I have accomplished my mission. Uh, we yeah, are, Darren we are, Wood played left field for that team, I believe. Some center as well. Yeah, he was he was something, and he he was one of two Alabama players to hit for the cycle in the famous 1999 season. The other being Andy Phillips. So let's get back to to opening weekend. Alabama had a three gamer with McNeese. They won them all. They won them ten to six on Friday, four to three on Saturday. And nine 
on Sunday. And, and this led my Touch Em All uh, column, which is going to be a, a weekly thing that you can find on Tuscaloosa News and Tidesports.com, kind of recapping the entire weekend in Alabama baseball. And this led the, the weekend column, which was this is a pretty significant departure from recent opening seasons like last year where Alabama started the season with a three game series against Northeastern won them 10 to nothing, eight to nothing and six to three because Northwest Northeastern is a fine club, but they're not as good as, as McNeese is. And you got some closer games against a better ball club, but Bama was able to come out on top of of all three of them. And I I think that's going to be kind of the move for, for this year's team. You're going to get in more close games because that's by design and, and and the insight from from Brad Bohannon is in the story so you can find it on tiesports.com and tuscaloosanews.com but that was the thing that that stood out for me was that through three games admittedly very young this this non-conference season is doing exactly what Alabama wanted it to do which is put them in close games against tough competition and hope this team can come out on top and and through three games they're uh batting a thousand I guess play the best teams you can play and beat that's the goal with any really with any non putting together any non-conference schedule in really any sport. Um, after that first, I mean, Manise was, was a very, a very solid club. Um, after that first game, I was talking to Alabama baseball super fan, Roger Myers. We were, and we, we both thought like we were probably, we thought we were probably going to drop a game at some point. We'd either drop that uh, Saturday or Sunday game and came close, but this team just fought and rallied. Um, it was just a really that Saturday game was a ton of fun. And then Sunday, after a great outing from Dylan, from Dylan, um, it looked like we were kind of, you know, it's going to be smooth sailing. Well, next thing you know, they take the lead again and you got to battle back again. But I thought this team showed a lot of fight. And I think that playing this non-conference schedule is going to help us down the road. I, I don't see how it doesn't, you, you know, because that was uh, I, we've we've covered it a bunch of different ways now. But when you play a non-conference schedule like the one Bama played last year, there, plus when you factor in the recent history, of the program, there's plenty of, of reason to be skeptical relative to last year's team ability to keep up its its quality of play going into the conference season. But when you increase your your quality of competition, like you're doing in non-conference play right now, you would you would imagine that skepticism is going to be uh, less heavy and, and less frequent. Which you're you're starting to see Bama getting noticed on a national level. We'll we'll get to that later on in the in the podcast and you, you mentioned they almost lost the Saturday game. A lot of that was because of Zane didn't he, he walked it off with a Homer and it was part of an awesome weekend, which by the way, was his birthday weekend. So good time to, right. to be balling out plate. He went seven for 12 at the plate for a five eighty three average, two homers, five RBI. He slugged one Oh eight three on the weekend for an OPS through three games of one six, 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 um, did not walk, did not strike out. Dude was a contact machine, and when he got it, it it found it found a place to go. Um, Zane Denton, greatest baseball player of all time, yes or no? I mean, I, so far you got to think that he probably is the greatest baseball player of all time. Um, I'm, I'm, no I'm errors mean, in the field. Just... You're no longer welcome here. What? Get get out of the way, Ted Williams. You're no longer welcome no. here. <laughs> Yes, correct. Yeah, it's not right. it's not Ted Williams anymore. It is now Zane Denton. Exactly. Exactly. And, and but yeah, talking talk- about that, go ahead, real quick, talking about that, that Saturday game. Yeah. You know, you're down by, you know, you're down, I guess, I think it was three nothing 
Um, you get one run back in the seventh, and then uh, you get the two-run bomb in the eighth. So you're tied up. From then, the you know, Yeah, from the Adati. And then in the ninth, you know, they have a runner at third with one out. Fly ball to Andrew Peatney, defensive sub in right field, um, who just guns the guy out at home plate uh, when he's after he tags up. Really close bang-bang play. Uh, props to Sam Prater for getting that tag down. Um, and they even reviewed it. And I, personally, I was sitting right in front of it. I thought the guy might have been safe. But not my call. The umpires made the decision. And then, boom, next inning, or, you know, in the bottom half of the inning, we, Zane Denton ends the ball game. Well, you, you knew, yeah, right. Oh, for sure. For sure. And you knew that call was unimpeachable because they had all of one camera to review the, the play with. So exactly. There, there, exactly. there was just zero chance that that call was wrong. Absolutely zero. Because, again, you had one camera on the game. You had all the data you could possibly need. I mean, I don't know how it could could have possibly gone any other way with with all of those. uh all of those one data point you you had. And in I your don't think that, I don't think a single call was ever turned this weekend. No, not to my recollection. Well, but because these were clearly the the greatest umpires to <laughs> to ever take the field. I mean, it, it's definitely not because we didn't have sufficient data to to review what they did and did not do. That that could not possibly have been the case. Uh, and I know just, there's been some some complaints about you know only having the one camera. I mean, I don't like it. But I, I get it, and it's because you've got softball going on. You've got gymnastics going on. And they only have a certain amount of cameras. Um, now, should we maybe invest in some more cameras? Yeah, that'd be nice. But so we'll see. Well, see, you, you done did it now, Hunter. I'm going to get on my soapbox. Dude, y'all are a public university. Y'all report your finances to the NCAA annually. We know that y'all are clearing $16 million in a pandemic year. Like when right. the second half of your fiscal year is impacted by pandemic we know you're still clearing 16 million you're telling me you can't afford to buy four or five good cameras and and possibly pay a student like a good student like 30 bucks or 20 bucks to go sit behind it for a baseball game come on i think the operators are the issue too um you know they're obviously it's students who are doing it um so i think that's an issue but yeah i mean there's, I mean, there's college. There's got to be college kids that are willing to do it. Well, uh, see, and I'm empathetic to that at other places, like smaller universities. You you might have trouble finding people who are both skilled and interested, just based on the ebbs and flows of where people are interested in the smaller population of a school. This is a big university with a really, really good journalism communication broadcast department. You have plenty of students who either can operate a camera or can learn how to do it pretty quickly and are willing to do it either for free or for as much as a free lunch. So right. miss me with the don't have enough cameras. Go buy them. Y'all are the richest university. Y'all are one of the richest collegiate athletic departments in America. Miss me with that. Go buy some cameras. You also just so I, happen I'm with sitting you. right next to one of the best journalism and communication departments in America, go use them. All right, your set boss is done. Let's move on. Thank you. TJ Reeves was out for opening weekend, had a little hamstring tightness. It was more of a precautionary thing. It's not something that's going to extend for, for long uh, after opening weekend based on what Brad Bohannon said on Friday. 
But I thought it was interesting that it allowed some things to happen, like it put both William Hamader and Owen Diodati in the field in the in the corner positions, which are things we hadn't really seen them do much of to date. And then it allowed guys like Davis Heller and Will Patota to get some some opportunities at the at the DH spot. So it, it kind of we talked a lot about the depth of the outfield situation going into the the preseason and this just kind of put that on display and it kind of begs the question which one of these guys gets kicked out when when tj reeves gets back into the fold well the good news for tj reeves is that none of those guys really did anything to secure a spot i mean hammer 0 for 8 heller 0 for 5 patota 0 for 3 so tj's he should have a, a a chance to you know get his spot back when he is able to, to return. Oh, the, the spot is TJ's undeniably, whether they all went like. I, I, I'm not so sure about not. that. I think that, I, mean, I think TJ did pretty well. In the, in, but I, I mean, I think that those guys were competing with TJ for spots anyway. I think there was actually competition there. Interesting. Well, well, I, I guess we'll find out in the weeks to come. If, if TJ slumps to start the season like he did, uh, to start last season, uh, maybe maybe you prove to be right, and 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 Bama has to to do something with that. I I, I don't see it that way, but uh, well, time will tell on that. Undeniably, did did you have a surprise of the weekend? I mean, it was kind of same. Didn't I mean I, I knew he was good. I mean, but I mean, he hit like two twenty last year. You weren't expecting him to come out like that, and obviously he's probably going to cool down a little bit. But I don't think anybody was expecting, you know, seven for twelve. Um, so, I mean, I, I won't say it called a surprise, but was really impressed with the pitching staff. Um, I thought, I thought Landon Green was outstanding. He freaking shoved he two innings and was just really, really good. Um, I thought a great adding from, uh, Dylan Smith yesterday should have gotten the win, ended up, you know, not getting it, but a great, great performance from him. Um, and then, uh, Obviously, Connor Prelip still yet to give up a run at Alabama. It's, it, that's just insane to me. A quick word on on Zane Denton. He's had a really interesting year or so. He was someone who was brought to Alabama as a hitting prospect who had to figure out the defensive side of things. And from from all accounts inside the program, he really took that seriously and busted his tail to become a playable third baseman defensively so he reaches that skill he acquires it and then the bat just goes away from him like he only hits 220 in, in limited time and the season and then he has a really really bad summer in the limited amount of summer ball that they were able to play due to, to pandemic so it, it, it was just kind of interesting how he came to Bama as a hitter that they had to figure out defensively and then what maybe like as recently as three or four months ago, he was someone who was playing better with the glove than he was with his bat. So it's been kind of an interesting calendar year for, for Zane Denton. So for him to, to to see him kind of put it all together. Absolutely. Absolutely. For him to return to his projected form is big for, for Bama. Cause as, as listeners of this podcast know, third base was a strong position for them last year with Brett Auerbach manning it as frequently as he did. So if you can, replace that with uh, an equally productive player that that says a lot for for Bama's postseason hopes my surprise of the weekend was Caden Rose the the freshman he started in center field on Friday and Sunday 
Got on base twice on Friday, one walk and one HBP. Got a hit and an RBI on Sunday. We talked for a while about outfield options in the preseason preview series, and Caden Rose just was not one of the guys that drew a ton of our attention, yet he's the one taking most of the time out there on opening weekend. And kind of interesting, you don't see Jackson Tate the entire weekend. I agree. wonder what's kind of going on there. Um, we, I think we, me and you both had Jackson Tate as a starter in center field. Yep. Um, and instead, it, it ends up being Caden Rose who gets those two starts. It, it's a situation to monitor for, for sure. That's something to monitor over the, the coming weeks. The result of the weekend was Alabama jumping from number 25 to number 22 in Baseball America's ranking. Shout out to Teddy Cahill and Joe Healy. This was a sweep of the second-best second team in the Southland, according to D1 Baseball. So that's not nothing, but of course, Alabama got some help in, in increasing its ranking by those three spots. Oklahoma, who was previously number 23, they lost the only game they played this weekend at home to Omaha. They fell to number 25. But they have a Monday game with Omaha. They have midweeks against Stephen F. Austin and UT Arlington. And they get both Auburn and A&M in the Round Rock Classic over the weekend. So don't let the Sooners drop off your radar quite yet. Arizona also took quite a tumble from 15 to 23 after losing two of three at home to Ball State. They have a Monday game to play as well. ECU stayed number 24 after a home sweep of of Rhode Island. And typically, we'll throw in the D1 baseball rankings in here as well, but they're waiting until Tuesday to release their rankings this week, considering six of their top 10 teams are playing on Monday in that event out in Arlington. So we'll include them in future rankings updates since we're currently recording on Mondays. But now we're going to eventually spin this thing forward to the midweeks coming up in the the weekend series series with Wright State. But I want your opinion on this, Hunter. I can't imagine there's anywhere else on the internet where you can get a picture of George Washington dribbling a basketball on a t-shirt or a sweatshirt, but home field apparel. That place can't exist, right? Uh, it can. I've thought about getting that shirt, actually. It's, it's too good, dude. George Washington just recently got added to the site, and I believe – I finally made myself count this because I was sick of not actually knowing. I think George Washington is the 96th college or university with stuff on home field apparel, which is, as listeners know, the perfect tone for collegiately licensed, unique apparel on the most comfortable T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts that you will own. It is all on home field apparel, including Alabama stuff, over a dozen pieces of Bama apparel, not including three pieces of apparel from the most recent football national championship. There is also an Alabama basketball shirt that I believe to be Hunter's life work to to speak and tweet into existence. So there's something you can support Hunter's work in in buying the Alabama basketball shirt from homefieldapparel.com. And when you do, use the promo code BAMABEAT to get 20% off your purchase. Shout out to Home Field Apparel. Shout out to the Doggers. Let's look forward to the the week coming ahead. As I mentioned, they have two midweek games currently scheduled for 4 p.m. Tuesday at Jacksonville State, 3 p.m. Wednesday at home against UT Martin before a three-game series against Wright State, currently scheduled for 3 p.m. Friday, 2 p.m. Saturday, and 1 p.m. Sunday. Honestly, there's not a lot to report on Jacksonville State and UT Martin. Jacksonville State beat Alabama State but lost to Southern Illinois and Tennessee Tech over the weekend. 
UT Martin played three really competitive games with Stanford, but lost all three. The the note on Jacksonville State, and, and this is where I want your input, Alex Webb, former Alabama catcher, he hit 328 and 64 at bats in 2017. He's at Jacksonville State right now, and he's balling out. He had a big year in 2019. I'm guessing he'll be behind the plate when they play Bama on Tuesday. None of Alabama. Another, Alabama, another Alabama connection up there is their assistant coach, and I believe hitting coach, is Evan Bush, who played at Alabama from, I believe, 03 to 06. That's right. So maybe of, 04 to 07. None of Alabama's current players were on the 2017 team with Alex Webb, but both of his student assistants, Kyle Cameron and Chandler Avant, were. So there's a, a, a current tie in that regard, more than just the, the university. Do, do any prominent memories of Alex Webb come up when, when mentioned? Honestly, no, because he was on the golf team. And, like, I really tried to get all that. Other than the three games at Auburn, right. um, where we swept Brad Bohannon's Auburn team, um, <laughs> I've tried to kind of erase all of that from my memory. Uh, you know, I kind of figured that would be your your answer, but I don't, I don't blame you one bit. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't around for that, put it that way. Now we look forward to the Wright State series over the, the weekend. And, and first of all, everybody say a prayer for Wright State because they have a Monday doubleheader with Vandy. That's not a place you want to be. Not a, not a good time. Today? Today, yes. Ugh. That tough scene. Actually, they're playing it right now, I think. Where, uh, as I'm speaking, it is 1.28 p.m. Central on Monday. I believe the first one uh, started around noon. So it's, it's, it's there for you. Um, they're strong where you want to be strong, which is up the middle. They have a 350 hitter and center fielder, Quincy Hamilton, and two more 300 hitters in their double play combo, Damon Dews at shortstop, and the 2019 Horizon League Freshman of the Year, Tyler Black, at second base. This pitching staff is in a less advantageous situation. Their, their Friday night guy transferred to Coastal Carolina. It's also, frankly, tough to – project their pitching situation for the weekend with a Monday doubleheader, who they use and don't use, who they think can go on a Friday after a long outing on Monday, et cetera. So from the Bama side of things, I guess you're just rooting for Vandy to work counts like crazy and, and put Wright State in a bind for at least the Friday game and go from there. And also, do you throw, yeah, do you throw your, your let's say you say your ace today, are you going to bring him back and throw him on Friday? Like, I mean, at this point, you would want to keep that guy on schedule and you wouldn't throw him against Vandy, right? I mean, I would. what I would personally do is – and it would, it would disrupt your staff a little bit for a, for a couple of weeks. I would throw your top two guys today and then throw um, – maybe throw them on Saturday and Sunday. And so mm -hmm. throw your number three guy on Friday. Because you ain't going. Honestly, you might as well. It's kind of a smart move to me if you're right. Say because you're not. You got to think you're probably not going to beat Prelip. So though you're top, it's kind of like you know, you're calling that game a wash, and then you try to win the next two. Interesting. I, I like that. That's that's a good idea. Um, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Actually, uh, obviously I, I, nobody be, nobody's listening to this live, but I just put it on ESPN Plus, and Bandy's currently up three nothing in the bottom of the fifth. There we go. So, Wearing those have, hideous, the hideous black pinstripes. I hate their, you know, I hate Vandy baseball so much. Whoa, whoa. Okay, so let's let's end the the conversation here. Why do you hate Vandy baseball uniforms? I, I just don't think they look good. I don't like their whole patriotic getup that they wear sometimes too. That's not their colors. 
Um, and I, I hate the whole like competing to try to be more patriotic than other people. Like, oh, because Alabama doesn't have a patriotic theme uniform. That means A&M loves the troops more than we do. And Vandy loves the troops more. Um, I, and also, I really hate black pants. Like wearing the same color socks as pants. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, okay, I can I can get on board with that. I think Vandy's black pinstripes are probably my least favorite Vandy uniform, but I, I'm still cool with them. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh, well, we'll we'll have to get into baseball fashion in a in a later episode of this here Bama. What's your favorite of our uniforms? Oh, that's a good one. Um, probably the. Don't the pinstripes have a script A on the chest, or do they have Bama across? That's my favorite home uniform is the is the Saturday pinstripes. Yeah, that's that's probably that's probably my favorite. Um, but my favorite I, overall, I, and I don't even know if we're wearing it this year. We didn't wear it last year, but we didn't really have any many road games to have the opportunity to wear it. Is the gray script Alabama? That is my favorite. Yeah, I see. That's exactly what I was about to do. I'm I'm going to to Bama Uni Tracker right now to to look at. The, the road unis and, and see if there's one I'm missing because who um so they didn't wear them last year but the right. script Alabama over the gray is is a good look is that like that is my is favorite that, that's my favorite yeah that's that's a good one they don't have gray pinstripes nope and haven't since it's been a long time since we had the gray pinstripes haven't have, we used to have a pin- used to have it See, I don't. I don't like the gray pinstripes. We used to have a gray vest with the script A on it, um, with pins. That would that would be my favorite. If if that were put into play right now, a gray vest with pins, that would be my favorite. All right. Another question. I realize we're kind of on a tangent here, but have you seen the Alabama softball uniforms that are kind of a grayish pewter, like a darker gray, like almost borderline charcoal? Like the the anthracite ones, the ones that are like yes. deep, deep gray. Yes. Yeah, I've seen those. How would you feel about all my baseball wearing those? I love them for softball. I don't like them for baseball, and I cannot elaborate on why. Okay. I I can't I can't like intelligently explain myself on that. Like I I love it for softball, but I I I'm just not crazy about it for baseball. I I guess. I'm doing the thing that I hate doing, which is like getting caught up in the tradition and the like lighter gray type deal that has right. been in baseball for hundreds of years. Maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know, but I love them on softball. I don't know that I'd be thrilled with them on baseball, and I can't really, I can't really intelligently explain myself as to why. I get it. That's fine. Would you just throwing out there? Same with what? Would you take them at baseball? I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. In one game, maybe you know, it, it, I might not end up liking it, but I, I, I wouldn't hate it right now. Let's see. I'm looking at Bama Uni Tracker for softball. Um, well, they only it's have. Gotta data. Be, it's got to be yeah. riveting right here. If you, if uh, absolutely, they only have data for 2020, so it's kind of a a, a shortened um, a, a shortened sample size. So we'll we'll revisit this in a later. Um, episode of the podcast and, and and see where we where we go. But, but I'm, I am interested to see what we wear um, tomorrow at uh, Jacksonville State, which would probably end up just wearing crimson. I hope not. I hope that we see that crimson or the gray script. I would love to see to see that. That would just be to that know that we're going to wear it. 
Well, well, as we know from the the interview with with Bo, he prefers podcasts over music, and he's clearly listening to to this podcast because he's a big fan of the Bama Beat podcast, brought to you by Homefield Apparel and Wickles Pickles. So, hey, coach, probably gonna. I would imagine he's gonna listen to it on the way up to Jacksonville tomorrow. Maybe. So put in some. I mean, Hunter won't like it, but put in some some gray pins for me. And if you want to throw in a vest too, that'd be cool. I'm here for I, it. Yeah, I'm anti-vest. I don't like vests anymore. I used to love them, but I'm just not. A, I like the. I like the full shirt look now better i i get that i i i've had my own uniform taste shift over over time um well we'll let the people go now thank you all for listening to the bama beat podcast brought to you by wickles pickles and home field apparel we will be back with more around this time next week at a, at a point in time that i i imagine hunter is predicting alabama will be eight and oh in baseball hopefully so and please please buy wickles